0: Yesterday, the Speaker of the House directed his committees to open an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. He claimed, quote, bank records show that nearly $20 million in payments were directed to the Biden family members and associates through various shell companies. And a lot of that money is connected to a random Eastern European country that until recently you probably couldn't even find on a map. Ukraine. Of course, now, the media can't shut up about Ukraine. It's a really harrowing story, a country that was once plagued with corruption. They elected a comedian to be president, and he fixed its corruption problem overnight. It also has now become the poster child for democracy. But then, Russia invaded for no apparent reason, and now the only hope Ukraine and the world has is your tax dollars. But what if everything you've been told about Ukraine is a lie? Tonight, I'm gonna show you the facts on why Washington is actually interested in this war. It's not about democracy, it's not about stopping future wars, and it is definitely not about helping our trustworthy allies in the Ukrainian government. In fact, I'm gonna show you that your tax dollars are now funding a government whose corruption goes straight to Zelensky himself. Oh, so many pieces are going to come together tonight. It is time to debunk once and for all the three biggest lies about Ukraine. Hello, America. Uh, Tonight, um, we're going to... You're going to understand the impeachment even more. And you're going to understand this war in Ukraine like you've never understood it before. We started working on this show about two weeks ago. And uh, when the staff came back with all of the research, there are things here that I cannot believe are out. I mean, it's, they're not even hiding it. I can't believe what I'm going to show you tonight. This may be the most critical and dangerous stage for our republic in my lifetime, maybe since the Civil War. Maybe of all time, because we are driving off a cliff. We're being driven off that cliff. Justice, what does the rule of law mean anymore? Is there a rule of law? We're being gaslit into believing that everything is okay. Uh, The inflation numbers are going down. Something has to change. I'm afraid of the catalyst, quite honestly.
1: What is it? I am directing our House committee to open a
0: formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. This logical next step will give our committees the full power to gather all the facts and answers for the American public. It's exactly what we want to know, the answers. I believe the president would want to answer these questions and allegations as well. I, I agree with everything he said, but I don't trust any of these people. Do you? I don't trust any of them. Can, can somebody just have truth and justice be the agenda? Somebody that actually cares about our country actually can think about, what am I leaving behind for my children? Look, this impeachment is so important, I don't care who you voted for. Because this impeachment is about the rule of law. Are our politicians for sale to the highest bidder? I've been talking about the corruption in the Biden family for years. I'm really, frankly, quite tired of it. I'm tired of nothing ever being done. I'm tired of now the most powerful man in the world showing the entire country that justice and law doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. Crime is tearing our cities apart. Criminals run rampant. But are they arrested or is grandma arrested? Is there equal justice under the law? Why would any of this change when criminals run rampant inside the White House? Change if the people who are responsible at the very top are into corruption themselves. I agree with Speaker McCarthy, if he's sincere. There is a part of me that thinks Democrats need to be punished for impeaching Trump, not once, but twice. I don't want to play tit for tat. A part of me thinks there's need for some mutually assured destruction in, in place that reorients the behavior in Congress and in Washington and in our media headquarters. But we're so far past that. This cannot be about politics. Our country has been sold out. The ideals and the values that we were founded on barely exist anymore. This impeachment must be about turning the ship around. It must be about truth. It has to be about reestablishing the fact that we are a nation of law and order. A nation that is bound by and to the Constitution and fought for with blood on our own shores and overseas. Our government serves us, not the other way around. The people we send to Washington are not above the law, and they are certainly no better than you and I. That is what this impeachment needs to be about, and it needs to be true justice, not a witch hunt. Ukraine will be a big part of this process. This is the biggest scandal in American history, because you already know what is happening in the office that they are now investigating. And I was talking to Megan Kelly this week, and she said, this is an open and shut case. I asked her, I said, just what we know right now, if you were an attorney and you were prosecuting this, how would you feel? She's like, open and shut, open and shut. Meanwhile, the left is lying, saying they don't have any evidence. They have so much. But I'm going to show you tonight where this all leads, Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking more about what I'm going to show you. This is the biggest heist in all of human history. Ukraine, like so much of the shadiness that swirls around the Biden's foreign business deal, Ukraine plays a really important role. We're being lied to about Ukraine. In fact, consider this. What if, just what if, everything you've been told about Ukraine is a lie. Ukraine dominates every single budget meeting in Congress. It dominates every foreign policy discussion. It usually, it's usually one of the first questions asked at every press conference. It's the leading story on every cable news program. Every politician wants to take a trip there, and most have. But they're not alone, public figures visit Ukraine, have included everyone from the President of the American Federation of Teachers, why? To Ben freaking Stiller. I mean, maybe his experience in the movie Tropic Thunder qualified him to give some strategic military advice, I'm, I'm not sure, could be. Or maybe, or maybe it could be that everything revolving around Ukraine is a bunch of hyped bullcrap. Did you see the interview between Adam Carolla and Tucker Carlson? There was a part of it that stuck out to me. Watch this. They will do anything to win. So how do they do that? They're not gonna do COVID again. I know everyone on the right's afraid they're gonna do COVID and mask mandate. They're not gonna do that. They can't do that. If they've already been exposed, that won't work. There's gonna be, no, what are they gonna do? They're gonna go to war with Russia. That's what they're gonna do. There will be a hot war between the United States and Russia in the next year. Really? on the, yes, of course. They want it anyway. Um, I don't think we'll win it, but that's a separate analysis. But I think it's a political matter, they need to declare war footing in order to assume war powers in order to win. I believe that. And
1: I think the evidence suggests that's true. I told you in
0: 2017, 2018, that the next thing that would happen after the trust implosion would be war. And that is where we're at now. I believe he's right. It's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. Both Democrats and a vast majority of Republicans in Congress want to pretend that this doesn't exist. But a hot war with Russia is a real possibility. He said, I don't think we win. I don't think we win. I don't think anyone wins. Why is Joe Biden so intent to put everything on red, and gamble away the possibility of global nuclear war. Is Ukraine really that important? Is it worth global nuclear war? Is Tucker right? Do you think war is inevitable at this point? Do you think it'll be used to postpone or even steal the next election or for war powers or whatever? I don't know but considering the links they have taken to manipulate the last few elections and what they are doing right now don't put anything past these people all of that being said if if ukraine is what we're risking all of the cards on if ukraine is that important it's how they the left plans to secure four more years of power well if that's a possibility we should explore the true story would Americans rubber stamp a potential global war if all the cards were face-up on the table? That's what I'm gonna to try to do tonight, show you everything. Because what if everything you've been told about Ukraine is a lie, is a scam, is a heist? Consider for a second everything you've been told so far. We have to save Ukraine for democracy. If they fail, democracy fails. But does Ukraine even care about democracy? I don't know. We have to answer that question tonight. We have to stop Russia right now, lie number two. Otherwise, we're fighting more wars in the future. This is the neocon battle cry, and now Democrats are saying it just as frequently. How times have changed. Remember how the left felt about Russia back in 2012?
1: Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that al-Qaeda's a threat, because a few months ago when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia not al-Qaeda, he said Russia, in the 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because, you know, the Cold War's been over for Mm. 20 years.
0: Now, did he really believe that when he said this? Because just two years later, Obama officials were flooding into Ukraine to support their revolution. This is what your government actually does. They were manipulating things behind the scenes to install their own preferred person as the new leader. So... Was Obama lying about the Russian threat, or did they have their eyes on another prize within Ukraine? Either way, there's clearly an agenda here, and we're not being told about it. Is it worth sending your children and your children's future to war over? They've also told us, oh, we had no hand in any of Ukraine's color revolutions. No, 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 it was the Ukrainian people. Sure would be embarrassing if we happened to find audio that showed something different. Sure would be inconvenient if their own people admitted something, you know, contrary to that. More on that later on the show. We've also been told the war is going great. The money we're supplying is relatively small. It's no big deal. All of these claims have been the basis for the war in Ukraine. It's how they're justifying the risk of a nuclear war. If I showed you that just one of these was a lie, would you still support the war? What if I showed you all of these were lies? What if everything you've been told about Ukraine, every every string, heartstring that has been pulled and tugged at so you feel a certain way, what if all of that was manipulation? And then you'd have to ask yourself, well then what is the truth? Is it, as Tucker said, steal the next election? I don't know. I think it's much deeper than that, as you will find out in about 20 minutes. It's hard to find any certainties when it comes to Ukraine, but one thing that is certain is you are not being told the full or accurate story. Inconvenient facts are being covered up, and in some cases, we're just being straight lied to. I'll show you next.
1: I invite you to Ukraine, invest in Ukraine. This will be your victory and a new success Sorry for your companies. Slava Ukraini, start your work.
0: This is amazing. This is amazing. That was Zelensky opening the United States Stock Exchange saying, Invest in Ukraine; it'll be good for your companies. Oh yeah, oh, and for democracy too. It'll be good for that, I think. Now, maybe it's just me, but I remember a time when it was considered really bad to link war with profit. There are a couple of companies that have done it before in World War II. Uh, there was, uh, of course, IBM that was profiting on the death at the uh, death camps because they. They made all the computers that were, you know, showing the Nazis where everybody was so they could round them up and kill them. They never paid for that. Uh, And then Coca-Cola, everybody's favorite, uh, they were told you can't do any more business in Germany. Um, But, you know, they had their people call up because those bottlers needed to, you know, you couldn't just close that down. So the Coca-Cola people came up with a formula for what they could buy in Germany. And that's how Fanta came to be, the favorite drink of the Nazi Germany, thanks to the fine people in Atlanta. But you don't know those stories. But, uh, you know, you got people like Howard Hughes, who was a rebel, was not playing the game with the government, and he, of course, was accused of war profiting. How about Enron? Anybody, Anybody care if something like Enron happened today in Ukraine? I'm gonna wager no. No one cares. Because unprecedented things involving unprecedented amounts of money happen in Ukraine every other week. And the news just blows past it as if it's business as usual. Try this one on for size. The International Monetary Fund used to have a policy that stopped them from giving loans to countries actively involved in war. Now, consider all of the wars that have happened since the IMF was created Back at the end of World War II, 1944, not one country, not one since 1944 have ever been given an IMF loan during wars in those countries. But the the IMF just changed that policy, you know, because it's Ukraine and it's democracy and stuff. A $15.6 billion loan to Ukraine broke the IMF's 79-year-old policy. Why? I guess the world was just listening to Zelensky. You know, when he opened our stock market, he promised, you know, not big democracy, but big business opportunity. Because the money has been flowing in at historic levels. Why? Why? Are we being told the true amount of our money that's being spent? Washington Post estimates that we've sent $66.2 billion to Ukraine since the start of the war. Biden just asked Congress for another $20 billion. That puts us over $80 billion. Now, adjusted for inflation, the entire Marshall Plan after World War II hit $150 billion in today's dollars. This is the level we're approaching. And the war really hasn't kicked in yet. Not all Western Europe uh, destroyed by global war. Uh, No, we're not doing that uh, like we did in the Marshall Plan. We're just doing it in Ukraine. But does anyone know the true number that we've given to Ukraine? Because Secretary of State Blinken was in Ukraine last week. He announced another billion dollar aid package few paragraphs down in the article, it also mentions another $2.9 billion that Biden authorized in humanitarian assistance. So, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I hate to ask, but is this in addition to the $20 billion Biden just asked Congress for? Is this extra? Is this a tip? Blinken wasn't finishing handing out dollars like Oprah hands out cars. Watch this. For Ukraine, not only to survive, but to thrive. Thrive. Right. We're also supporting its efforts to rebuild from Russia's aggression.
1: Uh, at the Ukraine Recovery Conference held in London a few months ago, I pledged that the United States would invest more than $520 million in making Ukraine's energy
0: infrastructure, more than half of which has been destroyed by Russia, cleaner, more resilient, and more integrated with Europe. I'm sorry. D- We just gave them over half a billion dollars to extend the Green New Deal to Ukraine? Are you okay with that? Because I'm not. Another side lie about Ukraine is that all this money that we're spending doesn't actually hurt us. No, no, no. It's no big deal. Just a fraction of what we usually spend. It's all good here. Really? Telling that to my, my wallet every time it meets the grocery store receipt... When we're buying food. Now, let's say say we just surpass $100 billion in the next few months. We may have already done that, but let's compare that to what the Biden administration has pledged here at home. This is the bipartisan infrastructure deal that the White House broke the bank over. We know it's bipartisan because it tells you right it's right there in the name of it. Okay, I mean, hello. Now, it's kind of like the Inflation Reduction Act. For anybody who wants improvements here at home, consider what the Ukraine aid will soon be or already greater than the 55 billion dollars dedicated to securing clean drinking water in America, greater than the 110 billion over 5 years for America's roads and bridges, more than 39 billion for public transportation, 17 billion to improve our ports. 25 billion to improve our airport 66 billion for the railroad 65 billion to improve our power grid for them ukraine deserves much more than all of that but remember this is only a fraction of the money that the u.s spends so it's no big deal let me show you some numbers from the federal reserve since the war in ukraine began, the Fed pumped over $100 billion into circulation. $100 billion. Now, gee, I, I wonder, do they think this will help or hurt the Fed's frantic interest rate rising games to stop inflation? $100 billion, Will that help or hurt? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what their graphs are telling them, but the metrics are pretty clear. The latest CPI showed consumer prices up 3.2, food prices up 4.9, and it's going to get worse. At 5.9 is the prediction through the year. But don't worry, we can just keep writing blank checks to Ukraine like they're candy because everything's fine. As I said earlier, historic amounts of cash are flooding into Ukraine. It's insane. But they want you to remember, it's for democracy. In fact, here is a clip of President Zelensky on how Ukraine is the bright city on the hill, a symbol of democracy, shining bright for all the world to see, watch.
1: It is obvious that American business can become the locomotive that will once again push forward global economic growth. We have already managed to attract attention and have cooperation with such giants of the international financial and investment world as BlackRock, JP Morgan, and Goldman Sachs, such wait. American brands as Starling or Western House have already become part of our Ukrainian way.
0: Maybe that was the wrong wrong video there uh, because I didn't hear any talk of democracy. Maybe he gets around to it. I'm not sure. I'll
1: give give him a chance. Here he is. Everyone can become a big business by working with Ukraine in all sectors from weapons and defense to construction. From Communication to agriculture, from transport to IT, from banks to medicine. Wow, crap. I mean, I'm not so
0: sure about democracy, but BlackRock and J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs and all the other industries, you know, he he mentioned there, sure look like they're about to have a good time. In fact, in the middle of this war, and something not reported too much on, is the quote, fire sale of previously state-owned firms that's now taking place. The firms include industries such as fertilizer, energy, raw resources, medicine, farmland. Companies are about to make millions and even billions because of this fire sale. But yeah, 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 democracy. I'm going to get to Victoria Nuland later on in the program, but do you remember that leaked call where she was caught trying to manipulate who would become the next president of Ukraine? She was talking to Jeffrey Pyatt, who was our ambassador in Ukraine at the time. A few months later, after Russia invaded Ukraine last year, he assumed a new role. He's the new assistant secretary for energy resources. Now... If you think about it, that's not a bad gig if you used to be the ambassador of a country that is currently in the middle of a fire sale of state-owned businesses. Because some of those businesses deal in energy. And what do you know? The head of Ukraine's state-owned energy company traveled to Washington in April and met with him. The topic of the conversation was technology's expertise and investments in Ukraine's oil and gas sector. And the meeting, I imagine, went really, really well because he was then driven down, uh, just down the street, and held meetings with Exxon, Chevron, and Halliburton. Do you remember Halliburton? Halliburton wasn't that evil company that activists all over, you know, not AstroTurf, but real left activist, had a problem with. Remember, politicians, journalists claim that President Bush started the Iraqi war so he could steal their oil, I think was the thing. Where are they now? You know, I think you might be thinking it's almost as if this war is more economic than anything at all to do with democracy. But Zelensky is here once again, Mighty Mouse, here to save the day and ease your mind. He recently stated that he is more willing to engage in the democratic process. So long as we pay for it. Yeah, yeah, go democracy. Back in a minute. Okay, so lie number one, debunk. It's about democracy. No, it's not, it's about big business. That's all it is. The next big lie on Ukraine, and this has been used by tons of people, including Mike Pence, as if we don't defeat Russia and Ukraine, wow, we're gonna have to fight more wars with them later. Really? Yeah, whoa, we fight this one. Hey, I know, last time we said this, it was with that really great president, Woodrow Wilson. He said the war to end all wars. Maybe we can start calling it that. This is the neocon battle cry, and it's actually quite genius, think about it. This excuse could be used to justify any war with any country at any time. In fact, it's been used with um, Germany, and uh, well, it was used in Vietnam, used all of them in Afghanistan, Iraq, Russia, Taiwan. I mean, I could use the same rationale to make a convincing case to invade Canada. We defeat Canada and we'll never have to worry about them. It's ridiculous and lazy, but there are career diplomats and foreign policy experts that now dominate our government with this kind of bullcrap. They endure through administration after administration and they are now driving us into World War III. The war to end all wars. Donald Trump dropped a name a few months ago which caught my interest.
1: Watch. One of the reasons I was the only president in generations who didn't start a war is that I was the only president who rejected the catastrophic advice of many of Washington's generals, bureaucrats, and the so-called diplomats who only know how to get us into conflict, but they don't know how to get us out. For decades, we've had the very same people, such as Victoria Nuland and many others just like her obsessed with pushing Ukraine toward NATO.
0: Hmm, so who is Victoria Nuland? Well, I mentioned her earlier in the show. She's a career State Department official that was caught in a leaked call, seemingly orchestrating the Iranian internal politics in the wake of their revolution. Here's uh, Nuland walking through the maiden demonstrations, passing out food, the message being sent here, clear, keep going, overthrow your government. In fact, our state department was helping train the, the spontaneous protesters. Now, is that the work of the state department or does that seem more like the work of CIA? Or is there any difference really anymore? And Do you think that Nuland actually considered the consequences and anticipated this just might lead to hundreds of thousands of people dying in war with Russia? Yeah, sure, probably, yeah. You know, because, hey, the ends justify the means. War is inevitable, but it has to be fought sooner rather than later. Why? Well, to stop more wars with Russia later, obviously. Back in 2015, the Europeans hated Victoria Nuland. They said that she, quote, doesn't engage like most diplomats, and she says, they say, quote, comes off as rather ideology, uh, ideological. Really? She doesn't engage and is ideological. Well, that doesn't sound very diplomatic, does it? Why is she there then? Well, Let me quote the Fabian Socialist window to remake the world closer to her heart's desire. You know, the desire of not the United States, but the government and State Department of the United States. One toppled country, one war at a time, they'll do it. Inciting new wars is all now part of our U.S. process. This hurts me to tell you this. I've always believed we were a force of good. We are not a force for good anymore. Russia has just accused her specifically of doing the same thing in Ukraine. We got the goods on it. She has an interesting past, to say the least. In the 1990s, under Bill Clinton, she was the deputy director for the former Soviet Union affairs. That area remained her beat for a very long time. Now, you know, I'm not saying that everywhere she goes, war and revolution follow, but I'm not not saying that either. A lot of our long-term problems with Russia can be traced back to Bill Clinton's handling of the Kosovo War in the late 90s and the early expansion of NATO. Guess who was there? Newland! And then the second Iraq invasion kicked off under George W. Bush. Where was Victoria Newland? Yeah, she was, she was still picking fights with her old foes in the former Soviet Union. No, actually, actually, uh, she was now the deputy national security advisor for, let me check my notes here, uh, yeah, Dick Cheney. <laughs> this is actually starting to be a little funny, isn't it? Her neocon ideology is pretty bipartisan now, so much so that Hillary Clinton anointed her as the State Department spokesperson. Nothing happened during that tenure, right? Nothing. We came, we saw, he died.
1: (laughs) Did it have anything to do with your visit? I'm sure it did.
0: Oh, there she is, cackling like a supervillain over a foreign head of state getting dragged out in the street and and murdered brutally. (laughs) Those are, oh, good times. In 2013, Newland went back to her beat in Eastern Europe. Just in time for the Ukrainian color revolution. Now, it is interesting how her beat has uh, a history of regime-changing color revolutions. Yeah, especially when you look back to a speech she gave back in 2013
1: Since Ukraine's independence in 1991, the United States has supported Ukrainians as they build democratic skills and institutions, as they promote civic participation and good governance, all of which are preconditions for Ukraine to achieve its European aspirations. We've invested over $5 billion to assist Ukraine in these and other goals that will ensure a secure and prosperous and democratic Ukraine.
0: Hey, Ganges. She did say... We've been working on this since the 90s to the tune of $5 billion for Ukraine. I'm sorry, she actually said for a democratic Ukraine, for democracy. Yeah. And as you can see by the display, just off to the right of her, this message brought to you by Chevron. Because of course, Chevron loves democracy. All these link back to the oil and gas industry. I mean, it is predictably hilarious. (gasps) Maybe that's why Ukraine has a comedian for the president. I mentioned how Newland worked for Dick Cheney during the Iraq war, but it was her husband, Robert Kagan, the neocon mascot, that practically wrote the justification for the invasion that George Bush would use. He wrote this two months after September 11. Two months. It was published in the Washington Post. What was the name of it? Yeah. On to phase two. Now two months into it, we were still in the caves in the mountains looking for bad guys. He said in this, it's not a case that requires linking Saddam directly to the September 11th attacks. The argument runs something like this, Saddam is building weapons of mass destruction. Terrorists like Osama bin Laden, whoever takes his place in the future, want to get a hold of such weapons to use against the United States and the West. Saddam and his regime have a history of cooperating with these types. Wow, wow, wait a minute, hold on. So we should go after Saddam Hussein because if we fight a war with them now, we won't have to fight a war with them later. The truth is, they didn't know that Saddam was building WMDs, but we had to go to war. It would stop more wars in the future. This is the insanity that is driving us into a war with Russia, with the catalyst being Ukraine. But it is all a lie. Lie number three in a minute. Imagine yourself at your house in the living room. There's a giant elephant right there in the room, and he's taking a dump on your coffee table. Would anyone tell you about it or say something? Because that's what's happening in America, and no one in the Biden administration wants to talk about it. The media loves to blow past it. In some cases, outright ignores it. The lie, lie number three. Sure, we're giving tons of advanced weapons and billions of dollars to Ukraine, but they can be trusted, they're a trustworthy ally. Eh. What in the world is this even remotely akin to when in the, in the truth centers of our nation? Outside of satire, the world's trustworthy, the words trustworthy and Ukraine never been connected. Never, not in the past century. It is a corrupt country. No matter how many times someone tries to intervene and change things, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Okay? This used to be and is still common knowledge. It used to be spoken about openly in the media. But now, if you point it out, you're a Putin lover, aren't you? If you acknowledge the obvious, there's an elephant crapping on your coffee table. Now, I really feel for the people of Ukraine. I do. And Russia is obviously in the wrong here. But how do we ignore the fact that they really do have armed Nazis fighting on the front lines? Man, that's all we ever heard about with Donald Trump. He likes Nazis. We're paying for Nazis. The Guardian pointed this out nine years ago. Look, I get it. Crazy time. Ukrainian government. Can't control the different militias, springing up to defend the border. That was nine years ago. This NBC article is from one month after the invasion last year, and it confirms that the Azov Battalion, now an official member of the Ukrainian National Guard, they're Nazis! Look at the flags! So, we're supposed to just ignore that. We just turn a blind eye. Oh, I don't smell anything. Is there an elephant in the room? We're supposed to send advanced weapons to Ukraine every other week. Who's monitoring these weapons to ensure the Nazis aren't getting them? Is there anyone? Even the mere fact that we actually need to make sure that the weapons don't go to the Nazis, uh, I think says it all. But Nazis weren't the only questionable troops taking up arms in Ukraine. They were joined by the radical Islamic battalions. The Times noted that they can be heard yelling, Allah Akbar, boom, (laughs) oh, those were good times. They don't come back, oh, they just did. Were any of these Islamists palling around with ISIS or Al Qaeda before they arrived to fight the Russians? Did Ukraine even check, are we giving them weapons? This Reuters article notes that many of these questionable militias were getting direct funding from the oligarch and from the former head of Pravat Bank, Igor Kolomoisky. Now that Kolomoisky name, wasn't that just in the news? Oh yeah, he was arrested in Ukraine over fraud and money laundering ties. And that's interesting because uh, there probably wouldn't be a President Zelensky if not for Kolomoysky. Uh, It was his TV channels that blasted Zelensky's show, which basically acted as such such as a a pre-campaign ad. Uh, Zelensky's character highlighted the government's corruption, and the common man would just have to run for president in order to stop it. Boom! Sounds great. But wait, why did Zelensky just arrest the man who helped him become president? I think we should dig a little deeper. Have you ever heard of the Pandora Papers? No, nobody has. The the Pandora Papers, look it up. Probably the largest leak of financial information in all of human history. It was over 6.4 million documents and more than a million emails that detailed how the most powerful people in the world are hiding vast amounts of wealth through, and this has nothing to do with Joe Biden and the impeachment, offshore shell companies. Guess whose name keeps popping up in the leak? Yeah, guess. The world's favorite golden boy, now the president of Ukraine. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> This is funny. The man who ran for president on the platform of ending corruption is now corrupt. That's hilarious. What are they going to do next season? The man that accused his political rival of hiding money through offshore shell companies who's doing the same thing. Oh, my gosh, how droll. (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful. How is this story? Not everywhere. Why aren't we getting to see it on TV? Actually, I know the answer to that. This story was published just four months before Russia invaded. So after Russia attacked, nearly every government in the world began pouring money into Ukraine because they needed a hero at the helm handling all the money. It couldn't be a criminal. So this story went away. The Pandora Papers revealed that Zelensky, quote, participated in a sprawling network of offshore companies co-owned with his longtime friends and TV business partners. Those same accomplices were brought into Zelensky's presidential staff. One was even appointed as the head of Ukraine's SBU, which is kind of like our FBI and CIA without any cool gadgets. He was later fired after a season of Uh, after a series of treason and collaborative activities. Investigations rocked the country. Gosh darn it, what? Get out. A personal friend of the president that participated in multiple offshore companies? They was corrupt? No way. I know a president who has lots of those, and his family, and that's perfectly legal. But why did his boss and apparent offshore business partner get a pass? How did Zelensky get away with no scrutiny? It's easy. It's a war. Western leaders like Joe Biden needed Zelensky to be the scandal-free, trustworthy ally. And it makes me wonder if, what was Zelensky forced to get rid of some of the ties of his dubious past, or is that actually a plus, you know what I'm saying? Also, why did he just arrest his old pal Kolomoisky, and where have I heard that name before? I mean... It's not right, surely. I mean, yes, Kolomoysky helped Zelensky get elected, but they didn't really have any financial ties, right? I mean, it's not like the two of them were involved in any more offshore shell companies or anything, right? Whoopsie. From 2019, four years before the Russian invasion, two years before the pandemic, uh, Pandora Papers leak, the former president of Ukraine... Broad evidence showing Kolomoisky's companies deposited over $40 million into the accounts of one of Zelensky's companies. And much of this is backed up by those pesky Pandora paper leaks. Now, is Kolomoisky another one of those ties Zelensky was trying to hide? Or is Zelensky being forced to cover it up? I don't know, because at this point we've all been lied to so much, we don't know what is up and what is down. Right now I'm wondering if anything is true. The only things that are fact are that we're still sending billions and billions of dollars. We're sending weapons. Possibility of World War III never been closer. Yeah. Let's hope our president has all of his faculties when he makes these. Oops. Good night, America.